0: Here's Dr. DeRose.
1: Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're broadcasting today another show from a venue, an exciting venue in Spokane, Washington. We're at the ASI International Meeting. It's August of 2015 when we're recording this program. People from all over the world, literally here, many of whom are based right in the heart of Indian country. That's true of my guest sitting across from me right now, Dan Gabbert. Dan, it's great to be here with you.
2: And it's great to be here myself. I'm excited about this venue, just to be a part of such an amazing, uh, how can I say it, movement of caring people who are looking for other people's best health, particularly in lifestyle. I think that's amazing.
1: It really is. It's amazing to see all the folks here who have that focus. And you have that focus, and you've been championing that focus from the heart of Indian country for, is it what, 12 years? 12 years now. So tell us about where you're currently
2: at. We are currently at a uh, health center, um, an abundant living health center called Black Hills Health and Education Center, where we have this unique approach that probably is not so unique, particularly because of what uh, science, uh, medical science is discovering now. Um, of the beautiful synergistic way that the three dimensions of human nature work together to actually produce good health or damage health. Hmm. And I love to talk about that because um, of my background and the damage I've done to myself um, from my past experiences. Well, we want to hear your
1: story. We want to hear more about what you're doing. You are based actually at a facility that is ministering to not only Native Americans, but people across uh, really every racial and ethnic
2: spectrum, right? Absolutely. We have people from all walks of life. It doesn't make any difference what kind of education a person has or financial status, no matter what color their skin is or how, how big their shoes are, how small okay. they are. <laughs> Reality is they all have the same challenges, and opportunities for better health. Now, exactly where are you located? If
1: someone is listening, they say, you know, Dan Gabbard, Black Hills Health and Education Center, that sounds so familiar. It may be in their backyard, right? Where are you located? It, it
2: may be. We are actually about uh, five miles west of Hermosa, South Dakota, uh, very close to Pine Ridge Reservation, and uh, in a very strategic spot in my uh, Opinion, because we're just, just about twenty miles south of Rapid City, South Dakota, okay. which is kind of a hub there for that part of the country, and mm-hmm. particularly the Black Hills.
1: Wonderful. Okay, so you've been uh,
2: really helping people on a variety of
1: levels. You mentioned this multi-dimensional nature to humanity, and I know people throughout Indian Country immediately relate uh, to this idea of us being whole people with multiple dimensions. But you like to narrow it down to three dimensions. Tell us
2: what you're referring to. The reason I narrow it down to three dimensions, you know, you hear about emotional health and social health mm-hmm. and everything else. But I've narrowed it down to try simplify it just a little bit, and I can explain more. But um, humanity, in my opinion, is three-dimensional. Every human being has a physical dimension, mm-hmm. a mental dimension, right. and a spiritual dimension. Okay. And uh, when it comes to the spiritual, um, I'm not referring to some particular denomination or particular sect or Mm -hmm. uh, movement. I'm talking just about a person's ability to discern between right and wrong, their moral values. Um, My background, I had terrible moral values at one time. Okay. Um, those moral values have changed based upon the information that I'm choosing to feed my mind, which is a very, very important factor to health. No, we, we,
1: you, you've got our interest because I think there's a lot of folks out there who feel that something's not right, something's out of balance, and especially... In Indian country, I mean, there have been a lot of challenges historically. I mean, all mm-hmm. kinds of forces oppressed on Native Americans, whether they're in urban set- settings or mm-hmm. on reservations, wherever they might find themselves. And there's often this conflict, this tension between uh, cultures, uh, mistreatment, oppression. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your own experience and how you've brought all these things together in your
2: life. Well, um, I haven't always worked at a health center, for sure. I actually, um, my dad died when I was 19. Mm. And a short time after that, I got hired as a bass player and a lead singer for a fairly well-known rock group in the Midwest and traveled for years as an entertainer. Um, You name it, I've done it. If there would have been methamphetamine back there, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Wow. But my big monkey was alcohol. And, of course, when you're on the road and you're traveling and you're... In the atmosphere, the environment at all times, it becomes very natural for you to actually fall into the trap of using alcohol for your thrills, for your escapes, Mm. for your problem solving. And uh, as I'm sure that many of our listeners will recognize, it really doesn't solve any problems. It particularly produces more. So... um, little of my background, moved out to Los Angeles, moved out to Hollywood to work my way into the film industry. And of course, that's where I came to my senses and began to realize that if I didn't do something to take care of my health, I was a goner. Hmm. How old were you at that point? At that point, I was about 25 years old, 26 years old, in my prime, and yet had done so much damage to my body that um, I knew I was going to go down quick if I didn't do something.
1: Well, at 25, how did you get that insight?
2: What do you, Were you having indicators that things weren't right? Well, actually, what happened is I got out to L.A. and realized that if I wanted to get my name in lights and get into the movies as a famous actor, I needed to stay young and beautiful for as long as I could. Okay. And you don't do that by damaging your health, um, mistreating your body and your mind. Uh-huh. Interesting. So while I was out there, I actually um, saw an ad in the L.A. Times that uh, said they were looking for someone who would be willing to work. They were looking for an employee to work at a wellness center. And uh, it was a health center where a doctor was actually curing cancer and things, using, of all things, using vegetables and fruits really, and interesting. juices. Um, and so I thought, uh, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this out a little bit. And so... Um, uh-huh. I, um, I actually went and visited and applied for the job and got hired. Okay. When I sat in and listened to that doctor's lectures on the dangers of some of the diet that I had been living on for the last seven years or so, I realized that I had to make some awesome changes. Ah, okay. The first awesome change that I made was is to start eating peanut butter and lettuce sandwiches. And you know how far that would go. Uh <laughs> It doesn't feed a very big frame. That's where I started. Okay.
1: So basically, you're hearing what to you is a pretty revolutionary message.
2: I am hearing a revolutionary message uh, with my background. And I don't know if I can mention what I was eating at all, but... No, it's fine. Go for it. It was a garbage, uh, garbage meal. We had, we had money at the time. And, of course, um, I alternated between uh, steak and lobster... One night and the next night, I would fill my gut with McDonald's cheeseburgers and fries. And I would alternate on there. And then after we were done playing at about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, um, I would go back to my, my pad, my apartment, and I would actually... Pop a corn popper, a Joe, Namor, Joe Namath popper. Some of you, maybe if you're aged enough, recognize that Joe Namath popper was a two-gallon popcorn popper mm-hmm. where you put in oil and popcorn and you'd pop yourself two gallons of popcorn. Well, what I did was I would take that popcorn popper and uh, make that popper, and then I would melt a quarter pound of butter. A quarter uh, pound? quarter pound of butter, and then I would take each kernel and I'd dip it in that butter and eat it and then wash it down with Pepsi. Oh, my. Um, So you can imagine, Dr. DeRose, um, you can imagine what kind of shape I was in with that kind of diet, along with alcohol and drugs.
1: Now, you're, right now, just to look at you, you look like a pretty fit and trim guy. Did you have a way of burning calories when you were young and you still looked
2: good, or...? I've just always been active. And, you know, I'm one of those body types, I think. They've been trying to fatten me up for the last 35 years. It hasn't worked. Okay, fair enough, Dan.
1: (laughs) So, basically, you're getting your attention is arrested by the importance of taking care of your health, your physical health. Absolutely. And you start making these changes. You start, uh, instead of going to McDonald's, you're buying peanut butter, spreading it on white bread or was it whole wheat bread? Well, I think
2: it was whole wheat bread if I remember correctly. And and of course, then I got turned on to fresh juices and I was eating, I was drinking a pint of carrot juice, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, the raw stuff based upon this doctor's opinions and things. And uh, actually I did start feeling better. Okay. And uh, what was most amazing though, is I realized that my brain was starting to function way better. My thought processes were clearer. I was able to make more, in my opinion at that time, more intelligent decisions than I had been making. Okay. And um, I also began to realize that if I was going to stay alive, I had to get off the alcohol. I had to quit the drugs. Wow. So
1: basically, you change your diet, and all of a sudden, you notice there's this
2: intimate relationship between what you're eating and how your brain is functioning. Intimate relationship. And that's one of, the, one of the amazing things that a lot of people are not aware of is the brain is part of the body. Mm-hmm. What you do to your body affects your brain. And, of course, what you feed your brain with information to make it function actually affects every cell in your body. And it's just a fascinating uh, what's synergistic, I guess that's the term, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Activity where your brain, which houses your mental and spiritual dimensions of your nature and your body are working together to actually either help you enhance your health or to damage and bring more hurt, more pain, more difficulty and put you into that vicious cycle that ends up in depression and anxiety and anger problems and, of course escape techniques like alcohol and drugs and you name it. I could go on with the list. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you
1: started, Dan, by telling us there were these three dimensions to our personhood, at least as you divided up, the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. So far I've heard in your experience that you're getting focused on getting physically healthy. You're seeing that that's connected with mental health. But somewhere along that journey, your personal journey, you must have become more sensitive to the
2: spiritual dimension. Is that right? I became more uh, very, very sensitive to the spiritual dimension. I I, um, actually got some bit parts, um, had a screen agent who was getting me screen tested and got some bit parts in some movies that I won't mention. But while I was on the sets, I realized as I was watching the language and watching the attitudes and watching the activities that were going on around me, that this was one of the most corrupt places that I could be. And you understand at that point, I had a very, very corrupt mind of my own. Okay. But what I saw just grossed me out, if I can use that term. Uh And just, I went home and I'm going, you know what, there's, if this is where I'm headed... I don't like it, because mm. I know, just from my own physical and mental and spiritual health, that I was going down instead of up.
1: So you're not talking about what was going on in the script. You're talking about what's happening behind the scenes when the cameras aren't running. Absolutely, with
2: all the activities of the of the screen crew, uh-huh. um, and the actors, the language, the the attitudes. Huh. I'm not even going to go there and no, no. tell you some of the accounts don't have to, but it, it it just turned it turned a switch on in my mind, going, "There's got to be something better." Well, this is an amazing thing to hear
1: because I think there are many people. I mean, probably even listening to the show right now, as as this is you know ultimately going to be rebroadcast, and they're uh, and they're saying, "I mean, this is my aspiration, or it was an aspiration. I would have loved to have been in Hollywood." And what you're saying is you actually were there. You're on the set with no doubt famous actors and actresses, and you're saying this
2: doesn't look good. And it wasn't because you had some pious upbringing. It was not because of that. In fact, I was, I was probably a very gr- gross character in most people's opinion. But I'm grateful that I found a way of escape, and I am looking forward to sharing more with you if that's possible. That's what we're going to do. We do have to step away just for a minute. I'm Dr. David DeRose. You're listening to Dan
1: Gabbert, the show American Indian Living. We've got some more great material that Dan will be sharing in just a few minutes. Don't you go away. We will be right back.
0: Today's broadcast has been prerecorded.
3: My name is Florence A.Q. For lunch today, I had grilled chicken and squash. I am Zuni Indian, and I have the power to prevent diabetes.
4: My name is D. Dakota Dinesosi. I turned the TV off and took my nieces and nephews for a walk. We saw two jackrabbits, an eagle, and zero cartoons. I'm from the Dine Nation, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. Science has proven that if we lose as
0: little as 10 pounds by walking briskly for 30 minutes, five days a week, and make healthier food choices, we can and prevent diabetes.
4: My name is Barbara Akisaka-Curtis. I'm losing weight and being more active. I am Alaskan in Eskimo, and I have the power to prevent diabetes.
0: For more information on how to prevent diabetes, talk to your health care provider. For free materials, call the National Diabetes Education Program at 1-800-438-5383 and ask for the power to prevent diabetes. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
5: This is Meryl Streep. Over the years, I have played some characters you could call controlling. But the truth is, there's so much in life we can't control. But here's something we can colorectal cancer it affects men and women and it's the second leading cancer killer in the u.s which is astounding considering it's almost entirely preventable here's how most colon cancers start as polyps and screening helps find polyps so they can be removed before they even turn into cancer screening also finds this cancer early when treatment works best For me, screening was simple and quick. It was no big deal, except for the huge sense of relief you feel afterwards. There are several tests that you can choose from. If you're 50 or older, you should talk to your doctor. Decide which one's right for you. Take control. Do everything you can to prevent colon cancer. Screening saves lives. It could really save your life. For more information, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
0: You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: You're back with Dr. David DeRose at the venue of ASI 2015. We're in Spokane, Washington, in the exhibit center here. We're talking with people who have come from literally all over the world trying to make a difference in people's lives. One of them is Dan Gabbert. Dan is sitting across from me. Dan, we've already been drawn into your story. Uh, if I might uh, try to recap, you've been based in the, the Black Hills for a number of years. I don't think we mentioned it on this show, but your roots are in the Dakotas, aren't they?
2: My roots are in the Dakotas. Um, I was born and raised in southwestern North Dakota in Dickinson. My wife is we were both raised on ranches. Uh, my dad was a horse trainer, and I spent most of my teen years on the back of a horse, okay. all my growing up years. And uh, lucky I didn't suffer bow-leggedness from it, but uh, there were a few years when I didn't have any hair on in the inside of my legs. Okay, fair enough. And uh, basically
1: we heard your story how <laughs> in, in spite of those... Uh, upbringings in the in the Dakotas, you had aspirations for other things, became a musician, uh, successful uh, career in music, headed out to Hollywood, uh, started finding yourself in the acting world, but you realized things weren 't right with your physical health. Then you noticed. That as you took care of your physical health, with better eating habits, your mind was getting clearer. Absolutely. And we're headed to that third dimension, which is the spiritual dimension. Yes. So how did that uh, become awakened in your life? Well,
2: um, what I saw, um, as I mentioned in the last program, what I saw when I was on the movie sets, I was realizing that um, I was stepping into an even more corrupt societal uh base than what I'd even been used to uh, traveling as a musician mm. and realized there had to be something better in life because there were people out there that were happy, were not involved, didn't have the money, didn't have the experience that I had, <laughs> uh-huh. and they were happy. And I was going, there's, there's something here that's missing. And of course, that led me into a very uh, interesting spiritual journey mm. uh, with all kinds of Eastern traditions, etc., etc. Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, I finally came to to peace um, in my spiritual journey, and I want to tell you right now that I've got I've I've got a peace in my heart that nobody can take away uh-huh. because of what I discovered. Mm-hmm. Spiritual dimension um, for this program, particularly and for people's health just to recognize that we are talking about moral values, what a person believes to be right and what a person believes to be wrong. Uh, some people think that it's just absolutely okay to steal. That's a moral value. Mm-hmm. Other people just strongly believe that it's okay not to steal, that it's, it's very damaging. That's a moral value. But based upon the moral values connected with um, your mental health, your ability to process information and make value judgments, and, of course, care for your body. They all work together to really determine whether you are moving in a positive direction towards better health or you're moving in a negative direction um, towards more damaging detrimental health that's going to end up costing a lot of money, a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort and unhappiness.
1: Let me see if I understand what you're saying. Your premise is that unlike some people today who might tell us that values don't exist objectively, if you grow up with a bunch of thieves who are telling you it's okay to steal and you steal, not a big deal. But what I hear you saying, Dan, in using that example, is that you believe there are
2: mental and physical repercussions of what our values are? Absolutely. Let me give you an example, just a very practical one. Most people know what a Walmart is, Wally okay. World, right? Um, great store, awesome. Um, but let me give you a hypothetical, just to, just to play with here a little bit in, okay. in, in, our, in our thinking. Um, say that I have a moral value, I believe that it's okay to steal, in fact, I was raised that way, and I've formed the habit of thinking that stealing was okay okay now what that does for me is it it affects the way I view um circumstances of life okay so I'm standing in line a checkout line waiting to go and pay for whatever i'm buying and i'm standing there looking across the aisle to another checkout line, and there's a young man there and i'm just casually watching and I watch him actually pull an item. Off the shelf, a little item, and look around and slip it into his pocket while nobody's looking. Uh-huh. Except I saw him. Okay. Now understand and know that my moral values is I believe stealing's okay, mm-hmm. and so I look at that that circumstance, see him put that into his pocket, and. Right away, I process it through my moral values. Notice that I'm using my mind, my right. mental abilities, to process and think about what I just saw. Mm-hmm. And of course, because I believe stealing's OK, I'm going, "Wow, good job, young man. That's, that's amazing. Um, pretty slick job. And I catch his eye, and I give him a wink and give him the circle the, the <laughs> finger circle. "Aha. My response, as I thought about that, I processed what I saw through my moral values, which I uh, hypothetically believe stealing was okay. Uh And my response to him was ah, good job. Okay. Everybody following. But now let me switch gears here and and just change this around a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm standing in the same line, same situation. However, I have a moral value of believing that stealing is wrong. My moral values tell me that stealing is wrong. It gets you in trouble. You following? Mm -hmm. So here we go. See the young man stick it into his pocket in my thinking, I process it through my moral values, my spirituality. Mm-hmm. And and I, I go, you know what? That young man is in trouble. Hmm. And my response is totally different based upon what I believe morally, spiritually, my spiritual dimension. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my response, my physical response is totally different. Okay. And I catch his eye. Uh-huh. And I... I say, young man, um, I just saw what you did. If you don't put it back, you probably won't get out of the parking lot without seeing a little car, with a big car with some cherries on top. And my response is totally different to him and what I saw based upon my moral values. And everybody's got them. I don't care if they're atheist, Eastern, Christian. It makes no difference what my religious background is. Reality is moral values make an incredible difference in the way I respond to life circumstances and listen to this mm-hmm. the way I take care of my body
1: okay, well, that was the piece i wasn 't hearing, and i'm i 'm glad you're going there because i 'm saying, okay, well, I could see you could make a case for this affecting you emotionally and and uh, definitely affect your you know your mental processing. I think you you know illustrated that uh, wonderfully but It's that
2: other piece where we're going. How does this make a difference as far as our physical health? Well, let me just uh, share a little science with you, Um, medical science now. And, uh, Dr. DeRose, you probably know this way better than I do. But the the research is showing all over when it comes to brain science that negative thinking, Hmm. just thinking negative thoughts, hopeless thoughts, helpless thoughts, angry thoughts, bad thoughts... Immoral thoughts actually produces not only my feelings, but affects every cell in my body Hmm. in a negative way. Thinking negative thoughts, very simply thinking negative thoughts, um, actually affects me not only on a cellular level, but actually on a genetic level. Um, With the epigenetic research now and stuff, Mm -hmm. it's just fascinating. But what's so exciting about this is people can actually begin the journey of turning their health around if they are willing to recognize that for every good thought, for every hopeful thought, for every happy thought, for every peaceful thought, um, it actually stimulates through your brain and the chemicals your brain stimulates your body to produce. It makes every cell in your body feel good and brings healing.
1: Well, there's no question that there is a whole science, you know, we call it the positive psychology movement, that these positive thoughts have these profound effects. Yes. I'm just being honest with you, though. I'm I'm not an expert in that area. I have read from some of the, the key figures in that movement. But I'm scratching my brain because I don't know if I've actually seen any of them connect the dots with the moral realm. Uh, you know, they might say, well... If you're you know, happy, you're thinking positive thoughts, things that you're thankful for, mm-hmm. but I don't hear them applying any filter because if someone wrote down at the end of the day, I'm thankful that I stole uh, you know, five cars this week and didn't get caught – From what I've seen of the movement, they would be saying, well, this is, you know, you're writing things that you're uh, grateful for. You're writing a gratitude journal. Certainly. So I haven't really seen that moral dimension. It may just be because I haven't studied it like you. So have you actually seen in the literature they're connecting the moral
2: dimension as well? They are connecting the moral uh, nature as well. And let me just play with that stealing thing again. Mm -hmm. A bank robber can think positively. Right. (laughs) That's true. Um, And yet he's in deep danger. In fact, Uh in reality, sooner or later, he's going to get caught and his health is going to go down. He's going to spend some years behind bars. However, what's so fascinating also is we can actually transform our experience by improving our moral values. we got to hear more about it. Dan Gabbard is my guest. We're here at
1: ASI 2015 in Spokane, Washington. We are not going away. I encourage you to do the same. Stay tuned. We will be right back.
0: American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673.
5: I'm Karen, and two very important people in my life, my husband and my father, have been diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation, or AFib, is a type of irregular heartbeat. People with AFib are five times more likely to have a stroke than people without AFib. Talk with a healthcare professional today about your risk and learn how to manage AFib to prevent a stroke. Visit stroke.org AFib to learn more.
3: My name is Meera Batra. I have been in this country 32 years, and this is how I live united. America has always been the land of promise, and in my community, many families have come for a better life. Coming from another culture myself, I know the desire to become part of a community, to feel at home, and to gain the tools for our children and families to succeed. So I advocate for these families with United Way. United Way empowers them to look beyond their histories and to see what opportunities are available. We help them get involved with their kids' schools, network within the community, and when we do, we unite them. We make the community stronger. What I do is something I wish someone had done for me, and I am so grateful I am able to. My name is Meera Batra. I help families see opportunities and succeed. I don't just wear the shirt, I live it.
0: Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
5: Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches and that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America.
0: You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: You're back with Dr. David DeRose. We're in our second half of today's edition of American Indian Living. Dan Gabbard is across from me here in the uh, exhibit hall at uh, Spokane, Washington, where we're recording today's program. And, Dan, I, I just know how fast the clock is running and... I can already tell you've got so much great information that would really benefit my listeners. Give us some contact information if some people have to run before we finish the interview, or if the clock actually wins in this show, as it
2: often does. How does someone get a hold of you? Um, Black Hills Health and Education Center. Give you. I'll give you um, a website. And I'll give you an email address, and I'll give you the phone number there. Great, great. And, Go for uh, it. So here goes: website www b as in black h as in hills h as in health e as in education c as in center dot o r g. So it's www B-h-h-e-c, The phone number there is 605, that's uh, area code 605-255-4101, and you can um, check out the website, it's a three-dimensional health website, Uh, you can see pictures of the Black Hills Health and Education Center, and if you have an interest in Asking me some more questions or whatever, feel free to, to contact them through the contact information that's on the website, and um, I'm happy to respond. Tremendous. Give, give me a little time because we're answering a lot of questions these okay. days, but I'll do my best to get back to whoever has questions.
1: So if we can remember Black Hills Health and Education Center... It's just the initials, B-H-H-E-C dot O-R-G. That's right. And then the phone number, area code 605-255-4101. That's right. Okay. So I think we've got that. So Dan Gabbert. And Dan, we're, you got me engaged you're talking about this intimate connection between the physical, the mental, and the moral. We've been exploring that moral dimension. You've been giving us some thought exercises. I know we've been focusing a lot on on stealing, but we could have chosen some other we could have chosen moral anything value. Anything else? Absolutely. But you are going to try to help uh, me and my listeners see a little bit more clearly this connection between the moral. And the kind of thoughts that we have, positive thoughts, negative thoughts, help us uh, a little bit more on that th- yes. subject.
2: Um, I'm going to finish my story from the last program, but a bank robber, can he can think positively. Okay, There's right, a right. difference between positive thinking and moral thinking. Okay. You can be a positive thinker and be very immoral. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, Bank robber says, I'm going to steal, I, uh, hit one more bank, and I've, I've made it for my life. I don't have to work another day in my life. Well, he might be speaking very, very close to the truth, but where he'll be spending that time will, will be very dependent upon um, his thoughts. Um, a bank robber, if he's thinking truth, uh-huh. comes to the reality sooner or later. And here's where his moral values come in, where if he realizes that stealing is dangerous and damaging, he's going to change his thoughts about hitting another bank, Uh and he is going to respond in a parallel way and Mm. quit stealing based upon his moral values. This goes into every area of life. Now, let me share something with you, uh, David, that uh, a lot of people aren't aware of. I don't care what your ethnic background, your religious background is. Everybody has two awesome gifts. Tell us. The two gifts are this. The power of choice, the ability to make a choice um, about what they're going to think, what they're going to do, what they're going to say. And um, trust the gift of trust in, uh, in the religious world, the faith world, we call it faith. Mm-hmm. But it's the ability to actually put your trust in someone or something that you perhaps can't verify with your senses. Okay. And so with those two gifts, a person can actually determine whether they're going to have a good outcome and better health or they're going to have a bad outcome and bad health. Hmm. Um, very, very interesting. But just like a good car, a good car needs good fuel. Okay. There's an owner's manual for the car. Right. And if a person follows the owner's manual and puts the right fuel in the car, does, it run, does the car run better or worser? Better. <laughs> better. Excuse the term. I'm not sure there's a <laughs> no, worse No, worse.
1: It's better or worse. Yeah, anyway, better.
2: reality is, depending on the fuel that you put in the car... It makes a big difference how the car functions. Uh-huh. Well, it's the same way with the human body. It's the same way with those two gifts called trust and choice. Hmm. People decide, based upon the fuel they're feeding their mind, that fuel determines how faith, how trust and choice work. Um, let me give you an example. Now, I could say, uh, Dr. DeRose, think. Have faith. Faith, in order for the power of choice and trust to work, they need fuel. We call the fuel information. Okay, because when you say trust, I'm
1: going to say trust what, right? Exactly. Or have faith in what? That's right,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that really plays into how you react to circumstances. For instance, if um, I feed my mind with um, lies, lies about how to care for my body, how to care for my mind, okay. my brain, I put the information into my brain either through, you know, um, sounds, music, uh-huh. the information, someone speaking on the radio or television or videos or whatever, the information goes in, I make a choice about whether or not I'm going to believe, if I'm going to put my trust in it, um, whether I'm going to actually accept it or not. When I make the decision to accept the information, what that information is communicating to me, and I I act on it, Mm -hmm. my actions, my response to my choice... To trust that information determines whether I have a good outcome with my health or a bad outcome. Well, uh, you know, I,
1: my concern is we may be getting a little bit too theoretical. And I, I think we need to bring it back to your own story. Okay. So tell, tell us what happened in your life where this moral dimension then had ramifications on your physical health.
2: Okay. Um, at one t- time, I thought that... Um, Eating a diet that was heavy in fat, um, lots of lots of fat, lots of garbage food and uh-huh. stuff uh, at one time, because of the information I was getting from my friends and what everyone else was doing. Um, we call it peer pressure i would I okay. would imagine okay um, I thought it was just healthy if I were eating five or six McDonald's cheeseburgers at one setting. You thought it was healthy, literally. That everybody was doing it that I was around. Oh ah, wow! Okay. And then we'd wash it down with um, with the alcohol, and of course, uh, you can well enough imagine that my brain was not functioning very well on that okay, diet. Okay, fair enough. However, when I got new information, uh-huh. when I, when I started working at that health center and that doctor gave me new information okay. for my for my brain to start chewing on uh-huh. and functioning. I made a decision to start trusting, putting my trust okay. in what he was saying, rather than my old habits of believing that all of that fat was good for me. Well, tell me if I'm if I'm hearing
1: you right then. You're saying on a certain level that was a moral decision when you said, this is not good for me? Is, is that right?
2: That was a moral decision.
1: Okay, okay. I'm, I'm connecting the dots. And so this idea of taking care of yourself, of having a value of caring for your body, is actually a reflection of the spiritual dimension. You're exactly right. Okay. I think that's coming together. So you're telling me it's not just your personal journey that this has made a huge difference in, but you've been working with people for many years Mm -hmm. where you try to help them go through that same process.
2: Exactly. Um, We have people who come to us with all kinds of physical illness. Like what? Um, heart disease, diabetes, Mm -hmm. autoimmune diseases, um, uh, even some cancer patients now. Uh Um, And then we have a lot of people who come who are just plain depressed and Hmm. anxious and knowing that there's a better way, there's got to be a better way. They've tried all kinds of other modalities, uh, other ways to find relief from their problems and their challenges, and they haven't been able to find it, so they come to us uh, to learn a new lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, of course, what we've discovered in the research now is showing that, uh, some of the research is actually showing that up to 98% of all physical illness originates in the thought life, hmm. in the way the mind is, is viewing life and life circumstances okay. based upon moral values.
1: So basically, someone who's processing their life and putting that in a negative perspective, either how they've been treated, the upbringing they have, whatever it might be, their current social situation, that is actually likely undermining their health if they're putting negative labels on it.
2: Very, very likely.
1: And so someone comes to you, let's say with diabetes... You're actually giving them lectures, maybe even working with them one-on-one trying to address those
2: thought processes? That's exactly right, yes. And what happens to these people? Um, for those who grab on to the reality that their health is dependent not only on what they're putting into their body through their mouth, mm-hmm. but also what they're putting into their mind. Okay. <laughs> Um, those who grab onto it and they start making healthy decisions about what they're going, the information they're going to feed their mind, what they're going to choose to believe, what they're going to choose to put their trust in as far as care of their body and mind. Those individuals do way better and find incredible improvement. In fact, we have found individuals, we've had individuals who've come there on a lot of insulin and they've, after a 19-day program, Many of those, most of them, in fact, in fact, I can say almost 100% of them have lowered their insulin Mm -hmm. uh, input, their need. Some of them totally off of all their insulin, just through lifestyle, three-dimensional.
1: Okay, and so basically what you're saying, though, Dan, is it's not just... Improving the diet, improving the exercise, but you yourself, as you see the people go through your program with these various health issues, the more focused they get on addressing these mental challenges, or the spiritual, we say spiritual challenges, the more physical benefit they make? That's exactly right. Wow. Are you able to stay by for one more segment? Happy to. Let's try to give some uh, more real-life examples, give our folks some idea of what can change in their life if they apply some of these principles. We're going to come back with Dan Gabbert. He's with the Black Hills Health and Education Center. If you didn't catch the number to contact him and his team, 605-255-4101. But you don't have to pick up the phone right now because he's staying by. One last segment. Stay tuned. American Indian Living is continuing after this.
0: Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this.
4: What I say, you already know, but you don't believe. You won't accept. You don't conceive. When you're inside your car, you feel safest of all. Are you safe? Are you? Two tons of sheet metal in your hands. Two tons. Don't run on autopilot. You have a mission. It's no collision. Hold the phone. Don't text. You're angling to be next. Oh, you've done it before. What's the harm? Just this once. There's no alarm. Got your hands on the wheel? No big deal. Brothers and sisters, you won't see it coming. You're off the road. Your life explodes. It's not worth it. Don't do it. You only think there's nothing to it. Put it down, hang up, pay attention to highway action. Behind the wheel, there is no such thing as a small distraction. Join the conversation at DecideToDrive.org, a public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons who would rather help keep your bones strong than put them back together.
3: We are here to say a word about cancer.
4: When you talk to someone who has been diagnosed with cancer, be positive, be supportive, that's it. Stop right there.
1: Don't start telling them about your Uncle Vern.
4: Or the next door neighbor. Don't be
1: grim. Try not to disappear either.
4: Don't cross to the other side of the street.
5: Don't stop calling. Don't cry.
4: Don't ever say you're living my worst nightmare.
5: You know who you are.
4: Here's the important part. Be positive. Be positive. Se positivo. Say these words. You will do great. Keep calling. Check in. Be a friend. Or be a new friend. Be a supportive. Positive Friend. friend. Smile. Try not to be afraid. Or act afraid. Fear is not useful. Be a funny, hopeful human being. If you come across cancer, let it transform you into your most positive self. And
5: inspire. Urge. Fortify. Rally. Encourage someone to do great. This message brought to you by Cancer Survivors.
2: For more information,
0: to hear stories, or share your own, visit DoGreatCampaign.com. Do great. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: Welcome back to our final segment in today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Across from me, Dan Gabbert, closing out today's show with some powerful things that you can do that can integrate, give you better health. Dan, we've been talking about the host of diseases that you folks address there at the Black Hills Health and Education Center. You've given us this construct, trying to help people physically, mentally, spiritually. And I think uh, a lot of the audience is right with you. And they're saying, "Okay, well, how do I make this work? i 've got heart disease right now i 'm having chest pain. What kind of questions should someone be
2: asking? What information should they be availing themselves of? Well, I think it 's valuable to just recognize again how how powerful lifestyle is in not only um, bringing some healthier uh, response body response to heart disease or whatever diabetes, but also the importance of making sure. That they're on track with what they're putting into their body and the way they're handling their body. Now, let me give you some practical things, please. Um, I've uh, I've discovered that drinking plenty of water, uh, cleanest water as you can, with nothing in it. <laughs> okay. You know, I I certainly had my share of popping in the years and alcohol that sort of thing, but we're talking about just plain. Good water. Drinking, uh, you know, six to eight glasses, depending on your size and stuff. But um, I didn't like water when I first started doing that. But um, water is just a great thing to help your body cleanse itself uh, and just give your brain better opportunity to function more healthfully. It's just very, very simple and very, very valuable. This is a powerful point. I can remember some years ago,
1: I think it was the American Journal of Epidemiology, looked at a a fairly large group of people, and they saw on the subject of heart disease, they didn't look at the mental health component, but they found that uh, those who were drinking five or more glasses of water per day had like half the risk of dying from a heart attack as those who were drinking fewer than two. So, I mean, there's clearly this heart and water drinking connection. I mean, it seems so simple, but you're saying that impact is probably more than just making your blood thinner. It actually has mental benefits.
2: Oh, very, very, very much so. Uh, When I started drinking water and drinking it uh, way more copiously than I did in the past, Uh it made a tremendous difference in the clarity of my my thoughts. Okay. You know, at, at first, when I first started, I thought, this can't work. This can't. But as I continued on, and the key is with this lifestyle, Mm -hmm. the key is to continue to practice. Okay.
1: Don't just do it for a few weeks. No. Continue. You know, I appreciate you mentioning that, Dan, because over the years, one of the things that I've said is um, basically I'm not so interested in my patients doing something for a a short time. I'm interested in them making changes for the rest of their life. And so I'd rather have them do fewer things that they're planning to stick with rather than to uh, do a whole bunch of things that they have no intention that they're going to continue for any length of time. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about some of the things that you'd bring into the equation.
2: Well, um, I would also bring another one into the occasion, and that is simple exercise. It is just amazing how exercise not only stimulates all the systems in your body, but also... Actually helps you to think clearer. Um, it helps uh, your your heart's heart's pumping, uh, sending more blood to your brain, giving your brain more oxygen. Uh, and when I'm out exercising, I think so much clearer. Uh uh-huh. um, I get a lot of my inspiration um, from just out when I'm walking out in the fresh air uh-huh. in the sunshine. You and me Exer- both. Yeah. Exercise and sunshine, you can't beat it. And it, there's no charge. It's uh-huh. awesome. <laughs> No, I mean, it's great, really, and I'm glad
1: you mentioned that because so many people today think in order to get good exercise, you've got to have a fair amount of money because you've got to go to the health club and you've got to wear the right clothes if you're in the health club. But you look at simple traditional native values. They're, they, I mean, they weren't going out to a health club. They were just taking advantage of the resources right in their own environment,
2: weren't they? Absolutely. And it was very, very healthy. And no wonder... Um, People that maybe didn't have the best diet years ago, um, regardless of ethnic background, mm-hmm. they lived longer. Simply because they were working, they were exercising, your body, your brain, your muscles were designed for, for action. You got it. And, uh, and I'm not talking about twiddling your thumbs in front of a television uh-huh. set. Well, what I appreciate about what you're
1: saying, Dan, is we started with this paradigm, physical, mental, spiritual, But now as we're talking about some of these practical things, you're saying, you know, we talk about the physical benefits of exercise, but what about the mental and the spiritual?
2: Uh, exercise does a tremendous, and, and water of course, and certainly we can get into foods if you want to go there, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. reality is those simple things just, they just have a profound effect on the ability of your brain to function, and I believe your ability to think positively and truthfully Mm. in other words stepping into the world of reality where you are thinking truthfully about circumstances rather than trying to escape or trying to fight or trying to argue or trying to control somebody else but rather the freedom to be able to be relaxed think about reality and think about what's the best approach healthiest approach for this circumstance of life
1: so I'm imagining some of our listeners in the northern plains are saying, you know, this guy sounds like he makes a lot of sense. He's sharing things that are in harmony with our native values. It doesn't sound like he and his colleagues are going to
2: try to push a bunch of medicines on me. Is that true? Do you That's very true. Not only uh, not willing to push a bunch of medicines on on individuals but not willing to to try and proselytize them or make them believe the way I believe okay. or something. Okay. Uh, but what we want them to do is to actually m- learn how to make those healthy choices physically, mentally, and spiritually, mm-hmm. where they're basing their lifestyle on truth as modern research is actually now showing us. Right, right. Um, back to the way, if I can use the term, back to the original design. Okay, go for it. Um, Original design, sunshine, fresh air, exercise, um, healthy food. And uh, now all the research is pointing us back to um, fruits and vegetables and nuts and, you know, uh, just fascinating, just simplifying life. And then, of course, when you combine that with just a healthy view of life, uh, a truth-based, reality-based way of viewing people and circumstances where you are choosing to make the best choices for your own personal health and for the health of your family. It just is a win-win circumstance. Dan, somebody is
1: saying, I hear this guy, I like him, I'm not all that far away. What kind of options do you have there in uh, South Dakota? Do you do... Community lectures and things of that nature, or do most people who avail themselves of your services do they come and stay in your facility for a period of
2: time? How does that work? It just depends on individual circumstances and people 's individual needs. About the best thing they can do is to call mm-hmm. um, and visit. Uh, they would probably speak with uh, one of the secretaries there, speak with Cheryl and just tell them the situation they're in, and ask her uh, as far as options. But uh, we have individuals who will come and they'll go through an 18-day lifestyle program where they live, stay right there, Uh they go to doctor's lectures, they come to my stress lectures, Uh and um, just learn healthy lifestyle. We have other other individuals who come for just a tune-up. They just come for a week and sit in on some of the lectures. Mm -hmm. They're not seeing the doctor or having... You know, a bunch of medical exams. Okay. But uh, just there to to freshen their mind and mm-hmm. learn some new concepts. Um, we have other individuals who just come, and you know, they call and say, you know, could I just have spend some time with Dan and Patsy uh-huh. and uh, just visit about something that I'm challenged with, and maybe get help me to think outside the box a little bit, okay. and maybe look at some reality. Maybe a different way of looking at a circumstance Uh that can give them a new way of dealing with it in a healthy way. So basically, it sounds like you guys
1: are pretty flexible. If someone has a need and can get out there to uh, the Rapid City area, you're going to try to help them.
2: We'll do our best. We do our best to be flexible. Um, And, of course, we're learning like everyone else. Right, Um, right. But we do our best to be of help.
1: Dan, one more time, how does someone get a hold of you and the other folks at Black Hills Health and Education Center?
2: Our phone number is 605-255-4101. Our website address is www.bhhec, Black Hills
1: Thanks so much, Dan. Our time has just about slipped away. If you didn't get those uh, numbers one more time, phone number 605-255-4101 and the website bhhec.org. that's for Black Hills Health and Education Center. Dan, thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm David DeRose, your host, and uh, always along for the journey with you. Hopefully, again, today's show has helped you to enjoy the very best of health.
0: Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Service.